0: Back. Well, tax season's here, folks, and you know. Hi there. Whoa, where'd you come from? April here to tell you about the tax filing software from Tax Act. Uh, seriously, were you like hiding behind my desk? Seriously. Tax Act makes it easy to get your maximum refund. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Switch to Tax Act today and you can start for free. Or as we say in Radio Land. <laughs> <laughs> well, subtle. <laughs> <laughs> tax, Act. tax Act. File for less and get more. See taxact.com for details. What event comes once a year and could change how you see the world around you? The answer? When your vision benefits renew. And now that they have, there's no better time to visit your neighborhood Pearl Vision, where they'll cover your out-of-pocket cost or
1: insurance copay for your eye exam. Schedule your family's eye exams at PearlVision.com. Valid prescription required. Valid participating locations. Restrictions apply. Taxes extra. See store for details. Ends 4-30-2022. Exams available at the Independent Doctors of Optometry at or next to Pearl Vision. Some doctors employed by Pearl Vision.
0: Welcome to another episode of Get Out of Rap. Today, in response to listener requests, that sound nice, saying yeah. that, um, this is a topic that a lot of people have wanted us to uh, cover, and we're going to be talking resource planning today. And luckily, I happen to know an expert, and that is Faye Herring. We worked in the same company nearly 10 years ago, and it's been yep. four years since we met, and so this is another benefit of doing the, the podcast. So, Faye is a resource planning expert with over 10 years' experience in leading and organizing resource planning in multi channel, multilingual, and multiple location contact centers, including outsource partners. Um, so, loads of experience and definitely an SME. And right now, Faye leads a team of nine real time analysts uh, with a responsibility for 2,000 FTE across multiple sites in the UK and abroad for SSE. Hello, Faye.
1: Hi, Martin. Thanks.
0: It's going to be very hard not to continually use my nickname that I used to have for you, which is Work Faye Management. (laughs) Do people still use that?
1: Uh, No, just you.
0: Oh, come on. (laughs) I
1: miss it. I miss it.
0: (laughs) So thank you very much for doing this. And like I say, it has been one that... um, It's been surprising, actually. It's probably the one where I've had the most messages and requests to say, can someone come on and talk about um, resource planning, or as I mistakenly called it, I guess, Workforce Management. Workforce Management. Why is that a mistake? It's not a mistake,
1: it's not a mistake, Um, but uh, we used to always be called Workforce Management uh, back in the day, and then um, when I moved into my new role, um, realised that most people think when you say Workforce Management that you're talking about the system other than the process of resource planning. So either all neither is wrong.
0: Okay, good. <laughs> so why don't we go right back to the start and where did your career start in contact centres?
1: Okay, great story. Um, I started... I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> um, so I started, my first call centre job was when I was 17, um, selling blinds and shutters nice. outbound telemarketing. Um, so I did that for a year and I was terrible, Okay. absolutely awful, <laughs> awful at Why? it. Why? Um, because who wants to buy blinds and shutters over the phone, right? Not <laughs> yeah. many people. Um, so I wasn't very good at that. Um, but it did um, ignite, I guess, my passion for the industry. Um, I loved the people side of it. Um, I loved talking to customers and whatever else. So I enjoyed it, but I wasn't very good at it. Um, and then I went to uni for a year, wasn't very good at that either, <laughs> um, came back and I actually went back to the blind and shutter place, Okay. they took me back uh, for a few months um, and then I realised I needed to um, probably go into something uh, more customer service other than sales, because sales definitely wasn't my forte, um, so I moved to Ophidian, Um and I was about 20 and um, I started as a call centre advisor doing card protection, um, which was great. Um, loved that. And I think every single person I've heard on your podcast has said the same thing, that their intention was to do a year in the call centre and then move on to something else. And was that,
0: so that was yours? <laughs> yeah,
1: really. Absolutely, yeah. I thought, well, I'll do this and then I will do something else. Um, I thought I wanted to be in the police at one point. Um, still very interested in that, but I did. I, I never went for it. So. Um, I did a year on the phones, and I told myself I'm going to do a year, then I'll move on. I'll either move on to something different internally, or I'll leave. Um, so I did that.
0: Was that just in your head, or did you
1: um, like
0: talk to team leaders about it? Or yeah, what? no,
1: I did. Yeah, but yeah, I, I did. I had um, I had a really nice team, really nice team leader actually, and I'd said at the beginning that I don't want to do this forever. Um, but I think a lot of um, a lot of people make the mistake I think when they're advisor they go in advisor level of immediately just um thinking that the role they're doing is not what they want to do um and it's a you know the bottom of the barrel and i want to move on i think actually it's really important to do a really good job first and foremost where you are um so i was really i really i was top of the league so i was you know my service time my calls per hour all of that i wanted to make sure that i'd left a really good impression even though that was like the entry level,
0: I think that's a really good point. Yeah. I can remember someone actually within uh, within Athenian when we were getting those loads of intake and stuff. Somebody on his first day out of the academy just came up to me and went, "I don't want to be on the phones. I'm, mm. I'm better than the phones. I can do more for the company." And I said, "Oh, that's that's brilliant. We will absolutely harness that um, that that get up and go and your enthusiasm." And he went. So, what what can I do? And I went, get it's
1: right now, right <laughs> now. <Yeah.
0: laughs> I said, um, it's, it's it's totally up to you. And he went, I mean, today, right? And I was like, you, no, it you you have to you have to prove yourself, mm-hmm. right?
1: So, yeah. no, absolutely, I think it's really important. Um, and I, I, always, I always say the same to, to people now. When they start, you know, I've got some friends that are in the call centre. I am like, you no, know, do a good job, prove yourself, um, and then you'll prove your worth. Um, then moved into quality assurance after that to nice. your heart, yeah. Yes. did a year in quality assurance, um, which.
0: What was that transition like? And was that, um, you have to remind me, were there, like, assessment? Was it assessment or what's.
1: I can't remember. God, we're talking like nine was, years, yeah. ten years ago now. Um, but it was a bit quiet for me, quality assurance, headphones on, listening. I like to talk. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, um, which bit, is handy for this. Handy, yeah. Um, but I did a year there and learnt quite a lot, and I think. That was my first, um, um, I guess, my first experience of, like, kind of, like, stakeholder management, working with senior managers. We'd go to, like, um, calibrations and things, and I guess that kind of got my foot in the door in mm. terms of getting to know everyone, getting to know management, and um, trying to I guess, people, get people to understand that, oh, you know, I wanted to do a good job. And, yeah. um, but so.
0: even then, did you still have a kind of... This is. I want. I want more than yeah, this. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I did, and I think sort of sitting behind a desk with my headphones on for most of the day, um, I missed that like interaction. Um, so then I applied for a job as a scheduler. So a job came up in resource planning as a scheduler, and that was working for um, Michelle and Kerry, um, and. They interviewed me. Two great me, people, by the two way. Two great for people, those by the way. Them. Absolutely. We'll come on to that. <laughs> so, um, they interviewed me for a scheduler role and said, like, we think we think you'd do a good job, but we think you'd be really bored um, doing this role. And if you give us a few weeks, we've got a real-time analyst job coming up um, because a girl was going on maternity leave.
0: Okay. Hold on one second. Yeah. So what's the difference between... And is this just terminology within Athenian or is this generally... No, no, this is
1: resource planning. This is yeah. standardised, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Because
0: this is a great thing about these podcasts. I, I don't know anything really <laughs> about... I know enough to have one slight conversation. Yeah. So there's a difference between, and people might be going mad now, but scheduler versus...
1: Real-time. Absolutely. What is the difference? So um, I guess if you talk about the planning cycle... Um, Everything in resource plan is based on the planning cycle, so um, forecasting, scheduling, real time reporting, back to forecasting, scheduling. To,
0: to say that again,
1: <laughs> <laughs> the planning cycle.
0: Okay, which is
1: forecasting, yeah, scheduling, yeah. real time reporting. Okay, and back again. Nice. So we we um, we plan long range and then, and then short range. Um, we schedule against that plan. We hand it over to the real time team to execute on that plan. Uh, report on what's actually happened, and we do it all again, um, and go from there.
0: <laughs> so, this, and where does where where do the, those two different roles fit into that then?
1: So, the scheduler um, would actually produce the schedules. Um, so, they'd be given a forecast, um, they produce the plan, um, and I guess try and make the plan as user friendly and customer friendly as possible. So, trying to hit the demand um, without peeing off all of the advisors we're giving them really rubbish shifts. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the job of the scheduler and then they will fine-tune those schedules, add in training, add in one-to-ones, whatever that might be and then they ultimately will hand the plan over to Real Time whose job then is um, really is to execute on that plan, um, optimise it as best as possible react to any changes that are happening on the day make sure everyone's in the right place at the right time that's our tagline right people right place right time um and uh, and then okay real time we'll probably do an element of reporting as well um and a bit of root cause analysis so what went right what went wrong feed that back into the forecasters ready to do it all again
0: so going back to the two managers that said based on your personality and Mm -hmm. where you want to go and stuff we think this other role is going to be better Then so then what happened
1: um, so I sat back for a few weeks and I thought, yeah, you're right, um, that sounds really up my street. Um, and, and back then, um, at Finian, it was, uh, I was the only real-time analyst, so it was just me, um, Michelle and Kerry and and Alan, um, and just, uh, you, you, that probably was about it, really, in a couple and of years. And just
0: for people, there was about 600 FTE, right? Yeah, about right? 600
1: FTE, yeah, yeah that's right. Um, so I went into that role completely blind, I didn't know anything about resource planning, I didn't know... Um, anything about WFM systems? We used IEX at the time. Um, completely blind, but I knew that I um, liked the company. I knew I liked the people. And I knew I wanted to do a good job, so um, went straight in and um, started learning the ropes. Um, and I was very, very lucky um, that I had some really, really strong leaders. I think, um, and I'm ten years down the line now. And um, Kerry Dillon, Michelle Taylor, Alan Belmore. You know, they're that they have got me where I am, absolutely. Um, really good, strong leadership. I was really um, given a lot of support and a lot of external training as well um, to learn, um, I guess, what I do now. And um, so I did that for a while as a real-time analyst, and then um, we, we grew the team and um, became what we called a lead analyst at the time, so I guess more of a senior analyst. Um, and then we really, really grew the team when we moved into um, Switzerland and um, uh, Kettering. And um, we, I ended up in a team leader role. So I had three real-time analysts um, under me, which was great. Um, and then fast forward a few years, uh, Michelle moved on into more of a forecasting role. Kerry moved on into more of a finance role. And then I took over overall responsibility for scheduling, holiday, real-time, and all of the above. So, so
0: how quick? How how quick was that?
1: From, um. So I did. How long? God, so three three years ago I left Ophirian. So that was five years. Yeah, five years I did uh, in resource planning before I became a manager. Yeah.
0: So, um, just thinking, it's it's interesting you're talking about the kind of like strong leadership because you kind of you knew you wanted something more yeah. than being on the phone. Yeah. And you know, again, that that is a common kind of. It's common for people that have been on here but probably people listening as well that they just go, you know what, I like this environment, I like the people, I like the company and I can see that I can be challenged and feel really rewarded by doing another role. But other than your own research of what the role profile was, you didn't necessarily know how that was going to go or what what skills you needed.
1: No, Um, I mean, I definitely didn't, um, when I was 10 years old, think I want to be a resource planning manager.
0: (laughs) What did you want to be? (laughs) I
1: I don't know, but I think I wanted to be a policewoman at one point, Um, a ballerina, who doesn't? (laughs) But um, I never wanted to be a resource planning manager. (laughs) I'm not sure I do, I still do, but here I am. So, Um, yeah, I I think I was given really good direction and... um, really good uh, one-to-one time coaching um and I was given also I think going from an advisor role where you are quite heavily um not micromanaged that's not the right word but um you know you're you have your one-to-ones and your coaching session and you're um you're targeted and your KPIs what your calls per hour and your, your AHT and this wasn't much it was I guess it was my first sort of adult role in mm. that actually there's no um, you must come in and do x y and z it was it was it was a bit of a, a free reign to really make it my own i suppose um and yeah i was given a good direction to get there so and yeah what, back, back
0: cause back, back I, what does that look like because i guess um even at that time and i was kind of i was thinking about before we were coming to organize this uh, to do this i really hope that when i interacted with you as an ops manager i was nice but because yeah. um, I guess everyone has sort of perceptions. And to try and think about not knowing really what you... Of course, I know what you did, but not in any detail yeah. at all. I'm just thinking about some of the discoveries that you made in terms of, oh, yeah, I expected that I'd be doing this. or it, it, So one of the things, would it be like problem solving? Because it, it, I get that sense. It was like, right, now you have a bit more freedom. Yeah. Here's our here's a challenge. Here's our resource. Yep. This is how how we're going to make this work yeah. and keep everybody as happy as possible. Yeah. But so that kind of pro, is that is that into, is that a sort of encourage you know? Do you like doing yeah. that? Yeah.
1: Uh, oh no, yeah. No. Definitely. Um. And I think um. There's there's probably two different sorts of people in resource planning. Um. People who are really numbers and um analytically minded, and people who are doers and people people
0: maybe and, creative as well yeah like, kind creative
1: of... and um, I think i probably fit into the latter because I'm definitely not a head in a spreadsheet type of person I can do that as well if I have to and I do sometimes um, but my strong point is talking to people getting things done Um, helping people to understand the big picture using the numbers to tell a story I think that's um, that's another one of our (laughs) taglines using the
0: numbers to tell a story because that that kind of you mentioned earlier as well the stakeholder management I think it's probably I would have overlooked that thinking about the the resource planning team you wouldn't necessarily think that they have to do that kind of hearts and minds with other managers of other departments as well
1: and it's it's so important Um, I think one of the things um one of the biggest obstacles i've come across over the last few years um is getting that ops and resource relationship just right um and probably we haven't cracked that nut like definitely not but um you know we 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 share the same targets we share the same goals ultimately we're there uh, we're all there to service the customer and we're all there to either achieve whether that be an 8020 service level or a, a x percent abandon rate um, x percent average speed of answer whatever that might be we're all we're all um you know working for a common goal um and there's always uh, there's always been a, a misconception I think that you know those sort of targets are resources targets and actually they don't care about anything else other than hitting service level and hitting abandon rate and um hitting you know reducing the calls and queue and actually those are those are shared targets and um and we do care about plenty of things other than that as well mm-hmm. um not just numbers people with their head in a spreadsheet with aiming for one target so um th- i think that's definitely been the biggest challenge um and you need you need to have that i said about the two different types of people you need to have that uh, not just the number side of things but um being, actually being able to tell a story and, and narrate why you're doing what you're doing mm-hmm. um you know some people especially people managers and ops managers you know they are they're they're there to um increase in staff engagement and and all of those things and they're looking after the people actually you know if you put a spreadsheet under their nose they're probably going to completely disengage of what you're saying um so you really need to kind of turn it around and make sure that you're speaking their language
0: and is that how much of that was kind of you remember from because you've had like this, it was like meteoric. It's like yeah. quick rise, um, you're talented, um, good leadership. But you still, it must. It's you can still remember being an advisor and uh, being an advisor myself, and then going on leadership and management. We all know, especially when you're managing, that m- the challenges that people will talk to yeah. you about are the air conditioning above their head <laughs> that's freezing them. Yeah. Um, quality assurance have failed one of my calls it's not fair yeah and why can't i get my holiday or something about yep. their shift or i can't believe i've got a lunch two hours after i come in blah 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 um, then being able to empathize and talk to someone i guess that is what you're talking yeah, about it's so
1: important definitely um and my team um like I said, i've got nine real-time analysts who you know they are front line they're in the thick of it all day every day um, and they're dealing with those, can you change my lunch, oh, my, my shift, I've got two late this week, can I have another early or whatever that might be. They're dealing with all those queries. Um, I think for me, the biggest part of it is I would never ask someone to do something that I wouldn't be willing to do myself. So actually, when I was an advisor, if I'd come in on a nine o'clock start and you put me to lunch at 11 o'clock, I probably wouldn't have been very happy about that either. So I, I always go back to that you know you know what what's what's a reasonable request um what is non-negotiable and actually um how how can you put yourself in their shoes and is it really going to make that much of a difference you know if someone wants to go to lunch half an hour later to go to asda with their mate you know in the grand scheme of the intraday and call demand whatever that might be um is doing them a favour? Then going to reap your reward in the future. Actually, next time you need them to cover a late shift, they're probably more likely to do it. Um, are, there, are
0: there standard then leeways, or is that something that just it, it changes by contact centre or company? So if if the system kicks out, for example, that eleven, yeah. or does the system? How does that happen? That it there's shouldn't an 11, oh, So okay.
1: you 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 set up thresholds um, in your system. So um, I think we do three and a half hours correct me, Michelle, (laughs) so three and a (laughs) half hours into the shift um, is our minimum um, for a lunch. And, uh, you know, even then sometimes people will, will say that's too early because everyone likes to have a short afternoon so the day feels, they feel shorter. But, One of the things is I've been trying to actually had a few conversations this week with people is we don't do things for a laugh, (laughs) you know we're not deliberately trying to wind you up, Um, and actually when you're especially when you're really pushed in terms of um, your staffing versus requirement. You you have to squeeze every single every single interval, every single bit that you can, um, to try and make sure we're answering those calls or answering those web chats, whatever that might be. Um and and, and you have to you have to push it a little bit. So actually, yeah, you know, we might ha- you might have to go to lunch at eleven forty five to make sure that you're back for twelve fifteen or whatever that might be. Um but no, you shouldn't ever end up in a position where it's churning out completely unreasonable lunch times. And if it is, then I would speak to your resource planning team. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and did you, um, so now kind of, has there ever been a point, right, where um, you've gone, okay, now so you've gone, like, I've, I'm, ma- I'm managing two or three people and it's 600 people. Are there ever, has there ever been a point when you've gone, I'm responsible for 2,000 people? and them doing the job, and that kind of make you sit bolt upright at three in the morning going, oh, my God.
1: All the time. Really? All, all the time, always. Yeah, yeah, me, me and Michelle talk about this all the time. It's, you know, um, and it's like you said, going back to what you... Um, touched upon just then people care about the air conditioning their holiday and their schedules and you know so we are we are either flavor of the month or the worst people in the world Mm. um depending on we always say you know you're only as popular as your last decision so if i change your lunch break and let you go to asda with your mate great but if i've declined your holiday request when you want to go out on a friday night i'm the worst person ever and you've just got to have broad shoulders and, and you know um I always say to my team, as long as you can justify what you've done, just, as long as you can justify your decision and be comfortable with it, um, then that's all you can do. But yeah, no, it is, you, you know, you are, you are dealing with people's personal lives. Mm. Um, you know, if you, and we, we try to always take a human approach to it as well, especially when you're using WFM systems. Um, you know, for example, someone could try and book two weeks off and there might be one day that's not available. Um, right in the middle of that and the system doesn't know oh they've got the rest of the days off I better give them this day as well it just says computer says no mm. you know uh, yeah. <laughs> nine of the days are available one of them's not it's declined unlucky um, unlucky right <laughs> and we always like, we say come and talk to us like we're, we're not we're not going to we're not going to decline your two week holiday for the sake of one day um, but I think uh, some people just have this misconception that we're just um, computer says no all the time Um, Or down
0: there with a big pot of, like, witches just kind of going, ha-ha.
1: Yeah. Who can we pee off today?
0: Because I have to say, when I I was thinking, right, my memory isn't the greatest, um, but I was thinking when running ops, we're in the same company, and I do remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, there was this, like, it was like the gold rush. It was like when Holiday was released for maybe it was Christmas or something. Christmas, Yeah and um, so I was managing team leaders then and it I hated those days that couple of days was it a couple of days or one day so or some... we
1: used to um back in the Athenian days do sort of fastest finger first so <laughs> you used to release holiday at eight o'clock on say a Wednesday evening give everyone a couple of weeks notice and say if you want your Christmas holiday you need to be in the office eight o'clock we're going to press the button oh, and so then it's like it's Black Friday. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah we don't do that anymore um not do that but, um, yeah, it was was fastest finger first. Um,
0: Something about that, because I can remember there was a a day in particular where we had, um, I will not not use names, but we had some great, great uh, advisors and stuff, but they'd been there years. In fact, one of them, she said to me when I first got there, introduced myself when I was talking, and I I got the sense she didn't necessarily warm to me that much, and I was like, why... What If I done something wrong? And she was like, you, you, I'll be here long after you've gone, so there's no point me really getting to wow. know you too well. <laughs> well. Yeah, that was not But I, I think I won her over, but then she was right. I did leave before her. <laughs> um, but her team leader coming and going, so-and-so is apoplectic with rage because she hasn't got this yeah. um, holiday. Um, and I actually remember kind of taking all of these team leader... Okay, give me everything you've got, unless I'm just going to go down and speak because I think you're in another building. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: In the green building, you're in the red. Yeah, yeah.
0: and um, <laughs> I'm not just saying this because we're we're friends and you're here now, but um, I always found that I just found that really pleasant because there was it was it wasn't seen. You didn't see it as a, an issue, or you didn't go, oh, for God's sake. I, I think when we talk about outbound, maybe there were times when we I tried to break the whole system, <laughs> but um, that being able to take someone from ops, knowing that they've got a load of people-related issues but and, and deal with it with a smile on your face and say, how can we solve this yeah. together? I think you and the people you worked with re- just had that all yeah. the time. Yeah,
1: I think it's, it's so important. And... Um, we make um, a real effort to make sure we've got like robust routines in place that we like we force them to talk to us right at least once a week. Who's <laughs> You, who's you must attend. <laughs> so the site managers, okay. um you know the team managers, CSMs of the area, um, call center managers. So um, of, of, of our areas, we you know we, we we force them all on a call once a week. Um, and we, and we prize that feedback out of them, you know. Um, t- t- tell us what's gone wrong. Tell us what problems you're having. Um, and that might be, you know... Um, someone, Weather
0: or stuff like that. Or- <laughs> the air
1: conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, that someone's requested a holiday. They haven't got it. Um, quite often, there's a lot There's a lot of myth-busting that we do in resource. A lot of myth-busting. So, so, so people will come to us and say... Bust some myths now, then. So people will come to us and say... No one can get holiday. That's that's a classic. No one in my department can get holiday. Right? So it's like okay. So you know you go in. Actually, ten percent of your department have already got that day off as holiday, which is why no one else can get holiday. Right. But it's actually because ten percent have already got holiday. No, it's not. (laughs) So, but but the tagline is always um, no one can get holiday, or we have we didn't have enough people. You didn't schedule enough people. Um, and then actually you know you go into it we did schedule enough people but then 50% of them called and sick on the day right um, so actually you did have enough people and your problem was uh, uh, an on the day one it was an operational yeah. absence whatever that yeah. might be um, or there was an unexpected um, mailing whatever that might be that drove call volume so um, but you, you you have those conversations and you educate and people get on board and, and they learn. So now people will come to me and they'll say, "Like, I'm sure there's a reason you've done this, but can you explain this to me?"
0: Okay, yeah. Um,
1: because you know they they start to realise that we it's a more
0: progressive statement, yeah, straight away. Yeah, isn't absolutely. It? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's a reason you've said no, but can I just check? Help
0: me understand. Help me understand. Mm. Yeah,
1: and that, and that's really good. So we get we have more of those conversations now, other than you've done this, you haven't done this, um, because we're constantly trying to. Um, educate people on our side of the fence and equally i need educating on their side of the fence as well you know because um we talk about work-life balance but it is very quick very easy to fall into your resource planning head like no you can't do that we're we're queuing 200 calls let's cancel all our phone activity uh, cancel all your one-to-ones cancel all your buzzes whatever that might be very quick to it's very easy to make a knee-jerk reaction like that um and then sometimes I need to take a step back and say, actually, do you know what? If we are queuing five hundred calls, and this guy is having a rough time at the moment, and he just needs an hour welfare chat with his manager, how much mm. impact is that really going to have yeah. on the on the end of the day results? Not a lot, but actually, mm. it's going to have a big impact on him. Um, but I do have to check myself quite a lot on that. Uh, well, I was not just thinking reaction.
0: you you hold the balance right between yeah. customer, employee, yeah. and Moving that pendulum is it, kind of very nuanced as well, mm. I guess isn't it
1: yeah yeah, absolutely
0: how do you um, what what other myths are there then that people would have about
1: myths because
0: I think about um that you know you you mentioned there about um, situations where every things off phone activity is yeah. The first to go, that's the first thing that gets thrown out the hot air balloon. Um, To what extent, I've always thought this about, how do you factor in when that moment has passed, doing a debrief to go, how much preventative stuff can we do and who do we feed that information to in the rest of the business so you're not repeating it again and again and again?
1: I think that's a really good question because um, actually when all chaos hits, And the first, the easiest thing to do is say cancel everything. Everyone on the phones, all back office on the phones, Um, and then your your email response times suffer, and your web chat response times suffer, um, and your post response times suffer. And you stick everyone on the phone because that is the immediate thing in front of you, Um, and it's very easy to get drawn into that. You know, let's let's throw the kitchen sink at telephony and and sort that out. Uh, And I'll be the first to admit that I'm probably guilty of that. and look, and cancel all your one to ones and whatever else. And we never, the, the bit that probably suffers is we never really go back and say, what was the impact of that? What was the Im-? We go back and say, what was the impact of um, doing that on our email response and all yeah. of that. But we don't really have to say, how much did we actually gain out of peeing off all those people, right? Yeah. How much did we gain out of canceling their buzz sessions, their one to ones? And when you work it out, it's probably. Um, so I guess 30%. like further
0: down the track, you could say, if so many hours have been lost of de- what would be development, development time
1: development
0: time yeah where does that how does that um wash out but in this time you've been doing this have you seen like the complexity of your challenge of so multi-channel um i guess employees wanting more flexibility yeah. customers wanting yeah. more flexibility increased technology and then there's you guys Trying to somehow fit all that yeah. together has the job got harder?
1: A- absolutely, it's got harder. And um, I think one of the biggest changes—this is probably more um, Michelle's bag than mine—but um, one of the biggest changes was, I think, it's probably about four years ago now, where um, that the flexible working um, laws changed, didn't they? So previously, flexible working was um, anyone. Uh, if, if you looked after someone under the age of 18 or if you were a carer for someone, you were eligible to apply for flexible working. And then a few years ago, it changed so that anyone could apply for flexible working. And you didn't have to have a reason. It could be because you want to play cricket on a Tuesday night or you want to do your podcast, right? Any, any, other, any reason.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So um, anyone can apply for do flexible working. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so we, we as a company now, we get a huge influx. There's huge volumes coming to flexible working requests. And every single one of those needs to be reviewed.
0: And does that necessitate you working with HR
1: um, or not? M- m- more so with the operation okay. than HR. Um, HR will probably get involved if uh, if we declined it mm. and, and the other and the person wasn't happy. Um, but generally, it's a collaborative decision with the operation. Mm. So um, before it even comes to us, the ops manager should sign off to say they're happy with it. And then we'll review and we'll go back with recommendations and say um you know they're they're offering they're not offering any saturdays not offering any late shifts can we meet somewhere in the middle um but that 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 was a huge change because not only in terms of volume but actually in terms of our thinking as well because um you know the first question was what why do you need it why do you want it why can't you work a friday late why can't you work a saturday and now it's really well i don't really have to give you a reason um this is what I want to do, you know, yeah. um, and work life balance and mental well being and all the above. And um, we have to consider every single one of those requests as an individual. But what's there's a fine line because it's consider those requests as an individual, but don't lose sight of if you approve that, what impact that's going to have on their colleagues. And that's a big part of it as well. Yeah. Um, you can go in. And say you know just okay, just one more person not working Saturdays, one more person not working Saturdays, and then all of a sudden their colleagues who were working more Saturdays, you know, um, that that was that's definitely a challenge, um, and that's quite a new thing that came in a few years ago.
0: So um, I've got some as a first for um, get out a wrap is specific questions from people that listen. Okay. But before I go into them, I just want to um, talk about the. The lessons you've learned in terms of um, leadership, and because you you know you are you are young and you have great responsibility, but and you are very humble and say that that's a lot of that is down to yeah great leaders you've you've had. Um, what have what are the things that you've learned from them, and what are the kind of lessons you've learned just through doing the job and having this kind of responsibility that you'd want to share with people that might go, you know what I want. I want what you've got.
1: Um, lessons learned. Uh, so, Alan, um, <laughs> one of the things he always says to me, and I, I always laugh about it, but I t- tend to always go back to it. Um, when I, I'm quite um, a very very animated person and uh, very much people person and. I can get um, probably a bit over passionate about something sometimes. And Alan will always say to me, <laughs> um, give me the factual non-emotional version. <laughs> so, <laughs> so and and I think that's really important because, you know, as I've as I've progressed, you know, a lot of my stakeholders are now really senior. I have I have a, a conference call every morning with um, directors, call centre directors, and it's i have to think about that factual non-emotional um because and, and the emotional side of things is really important but actually sometimes when you're delivering a message it's um really important to not get overly excited or overly <laughs> passionate um about what you're saying so that's an important one i always use that i always use that to keep myself in check definitely um what other lessons um so i think i talked talk about kerry earlier but um and definitely, I can still do more on this. So, Kerry was um, the best people manager that I've that I've ever had. Definitely. So, that uh, reported to Kerry for on and off for about four years. I went between um, Kerry and Michelle quite a bit, and um, she always had time for me. And for for me, that that meant you know when I went to a one to one with her, I had my own Faye book. She had a, a book that was just mine that had my notes in it from the previous one to one. Um, and she um really cared about my learning really cared about um what what was going right what was going wrong for me um and and what was the next step and, and pushing and pushing and con- constantly pushing um and and um not letting me rest rest, rest on my laurels and um I think from a, a people perspective um that's definitely something I could do more of um because what with your team now absolutely or? yeah yeah because I think um you know in a in a one-to-one the other day, actually, one of my team said to me, "Oh, you're, um, yeah, you're, you're a really, really good real-time manager." And then it was kind of a bit of a, "But you need to make more time for me." Um, and I thought, "Wow, yeah," and it really made me think um, mm. because it's so easy to get carried away in the chaos, um, mm. and you know, you. And that's m- quite
0: intoxicating though, oh, anyway, yeah. isn't it?
1: Absolutely, you know, um, we. You come in every morning and you have a plan of what your day is going to look like, and then something goes drastically wrong, and you know before you know it, it's six o'clock and you've done really not a whole lot apart mm. from fight fires. Mm. Um, so I think that that's probably one thing I've struggled with actually is the leading a team and a process mm. being because um,
0: you're pulled in lots of different directions. You're yeah. travelling a lot. Yeah. I actually think it's testament to. You must have a good relationship with your team for your team to be able to volunteer that feedback to yeah, you, anyway, because no, no, yeah, otherwise they wouldn't. Mm. Um, so that's kind of that's actually really nice to hear. It's yeah. great,
1: yeah. No, and and I really took it on board, and um, I actually had a conversation with my boss the next day where I said, you know, I keep cancelling their coaching sessions because I haven't got time. And then I thought, even just saying it out loud sounds so ridiculous. You, you have to make time. You have to prioritise it. And um, I don't know whether you. Do you follow Andy Bounds on LinkedIn? So he's um, oh yes. He's, he's, yeah. um, I went to a, like a an afternoon with him in, in Reading a few months ago, all about communication, and
0: modern markets require modern investment approaches, and with Yield Street, that's what you'll get. Explore wealth-growing investments in art, real estate, venture capital, and more, with minimums starting at just five hundred dollars and targeting annual yields of up to eighteen percent. Discover the difference a diverse portfolio makes and trade volatility for stability with Yieldstreet. Visit Yieldstreet.com to get started. That's Yieldstreet.com.
1: I've learned so much from that, but one of the things I said was you've always got time. What you're actually saying is I'm choosing to prioritize something or someone else over you. Mm. And if you're comfortable with saying it to that person, then go ahead. But if you're not comfortable with saying... Um, i don't I'm, I'm choosing to prioritize something else over you then you need to make time for it mm. um and that's, that's fascinating because really, really your
0: currency of what you do is time yeah isn't it yeah in in the role in the role it that is. you do what 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 does the what does the future look like for you then what's the kind of what what excite well let's start with this okay <laughs> <clears throat> what excites you or worries you about where uh, resource planning. Mm-hmm. What what are the challenges in the future that are coming up?
1: Um, ch- challenge. I mean, well, just what's coming? So I think one of the notes you made on here was about sort of multi-channel. Mm. So um, you know where I am now, we've got a lot lot of different ways that customers can contact us. Um, telephony. They can send um, a letter if they want to. They can send an email. They can go on web chat. They pin the
0: letter to the back of a dinosaur. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: They send it in via carrier pigeon, um, and they're also segmented. And at the moment, we, we it, it's impossible to plan for those things as um, as we should be able to We're in the twenty mm. first century. So, mm. you know, as a customer, you should you should be able to go online. Go on, a, go on an FAQ page. See if you can get what you need. Can't get what you need? Click to call, call in. Um, you know, maybe the queue's too long, so you go on a web chat. And we should be able to sync up all of those contacts, but um, the, the, the the resource planning technology isn't moving as quickly. So actually, being able to plan for that multi-channel, omni-channel um, side of things is really diff- Is quite difficult um, at the moment, and. Um, Customers, I guess, as well, predicting new customer behavior. Like, mm. how how are the customers of the future going to behave? Um, because for every every person you've got now who wants to communicate via web chat, who wants to send an email, you've then still got your you know your older generation. What the, what boomers, do you know what? what, have we so, got? It, what, what doing are this
0: and my role, I shouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, but it really confuses yeah. me. Yeah,
1: <laughs> the, the the older generation who still want to pick the phone. Up, I all I, I know is I have
0: to scroll really far now on online stuff for where yeah. my date of birth. But you yeah. don't where no, my I, date of birth is. It
1: feels like I do. Do you know what? I was <laughs> Keep scrolling. Um, I was looking through um CVs yesterday because I'm recruiting at the moment, and one of the um guys' date of birth was the year 2000, and I thought. Well, that makes you like nine years old. I couldn't I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't contemplate in my head that many was nineteen yeah, because I know it's I mad, the, isn't it? the year two thousand. I, I can't contemplate that that was nineteen years ago. Yeah. But actually, he was nineteen. But when I read the year two thousand, I thought, "Well, he's a child." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, so yeah it, it, I guess the, the customer behaviour perspective is you know we we don't know. Um, we're offering, all, we're, we're trying to offer, all these different ways for customers able to contact us, and um, we think we know what they want, and actually, we probably don't. And um, we can only, uh, especially when it's a new contact or a new channel, um, it's, it's a bit of finger in the air, really, isn't it? In terms of um, planning, recruiting, scheduling for that,
0: and creative problem solving. Yeah, yeah, that, it's kind of if if we're trying to keep up with. It's funny because the other day I was thinking. Um, Especially in our industry, we will wear two different hats. Sometimes we'll go our role within the contact centre industry and how we view customers, leave work, and then we instantly become customers. And the reason I thought about that is, I think, it might be a bit of a generalisation, but custom, the, the desire to be serviced far, far yeah. quicker and get annoyed quicker. So my banking app is brilliant compared to the past, uh, amazing. I got really annoyed that I couldn't do something. It was like, I don't know, it was probably the internet, but it was buffering on my yeah. phone. And then I thought, hang on a minute, I'm moving money around in accounts, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and I'm, I'm annoyed at like a 10-second yeah. delay. And even though that didn't involve any web chat, it very well, I, I often will web chat, and you forget that there is this whole organisation that we're part of. Yeah. Behind it, we're very, very quick, aren't we? All I'm saying is we're we love this industry. We're in it. You've stayed in it as an yeah. advisor, and you you know we'll talk about where you want to go after that. But um, I've stayed in it because we love it. But then we leave and we go. Why is why isn't someone dealing with this <laughs> <Yeah>. now? <laughs> See,
1: I always try and be the nicest customer that I can. When I talk to someone, yeah. I am. Yeah, yeah I'm, I, it's,
0: You take like, professional curiosity and mm-hmm. how they talk and yeah and stuff like that as well.
1: Yeah, I do and and um but I do get annoyed when I speak to an advisor who's like seems a bit indifferent or a bit bored because I think you know I I was never that I was never maybe that, was never that person. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and yeah, outbound definitely wasn't my forte that um but <laughs> sales isn't my thing. Definitely not. No. I I think I'm on the right path. Customer service um and resource planning, I seem to have found my niche, but uh, sales definitely wasn't it.
0: <laughs> and what about for you, for you and your team, what the future looks like or what the future looks, what kind of... Uh...
1: So, you know, when, when you were saying about uh, what worries you at sort of 2 o'clock in the morning, mm. um, I think about and three. And four. 3 and 4 <laughs> and 5 and, and every hour of the clock that we wake up. But um, I, I I feel like now, and I, I sit there with my team every day, and we need to make a huge transformational change Um, to the way we're doing things at the moment and um, I I, I guess it's that I've got um, a bit of a fear that do I know enough to Mm. be able to do this Um, have I got the right support to enable me to do this which absolutely I have but I guess I I, want to sort of go in and um, Question every process we're doing. Is it the right thing? And is it the right thing to do by our customers? And when I say our customers, the advisors and the managers. And um, you know, we've trialed a few things over the last few months, actually, to try and enable our our customers to self serve and to um, you know put a bit more control um, their side in terms of their. Uh, schedule adherence and things. do you want to talk about schedule adherence in a Yeah. <laughs> so, um, in terms of um, you know their adherence and their offline time and their shrinkage and, and so forth so trying lots of things and there's lots of things that need to land um, but uh, I go yeah to, to prioritise probably
0: <laughs> do you think there'll ever be um, I've only ever heard it a couple of times and I've never really, I haven't really delved into it enough to know too much other than, again, the headline. But have you ever... People who say, we're going, we're going to try something, just everything's open. Yeah. Is that a thing? Where there's just... It's a free-for-all or...
1: In what respect? Resource planning respect or in general?
0: it's Just things that... People can purchase shifts um... yeah
1: yeah so um, actually you know I was just I was thinking about something you said just a minute ago about you know what what risks you see or what scares you um, people are more they're so much more demanding these days and we talked about customers and their demand but advisors as well yeah. so people aren't happy just to accept that they're going to work five, seven and a half hour shifts a week, yeah. and every other Saturday and maybe a Sunday in there, yeah. and a late shift. People don't want to do that anymore. So they are they are asking for flexible working. They're asking for working differently, working from home. Um, they want their holiday when they want their holiday. Um, you know, we've got call centres full of millennials, and millennials are very demanding. I know I'm one of them. So it's, <laughs> it's um, I guess that that, that is... Um,
0: how do you combine the two? How do you
1: combine the two with your customer demand? Because actually customers are saying, I want to talk to you when, it, when I want to talk to you, whether that be 8 o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock at night. Mm. And advisors are saying, I don't want to work these shifts. These shifts aren't, don't work for me. I want to work differently. I want flexible working and I want um, you know, I want something that fits in my work-life balance. Mm. So it's how do you fit that all together without causing, I guess, a huge budget problem? Um, that's, that, that's one of them. Um, and uh, yeah you were saying about it, a bit of a free for all we we um we do allow people to purchase holiday so that's um that's a, and that's a perk that people love um actually being able to buy additional holiday um to shift swap to do split shifts um we are uh, trialing working from home um and uh, Nine-day fortnights and uh, all of the above. Mm. So, yeah, nothing's off the table.
0: Volunteer days.
1: What do you mean with volunteer day?
0: So, some companies will offer you get one volunteer day a year or two volunteer days a year where you can just be off, um, and you're helping out a local charity. Oh, okay, or local yeah, yeah Sorry. Or...
1: So, as it, says on the tin, as, as it says on the tin, yes, we do actually do that. So. Um, uh, yeah one one day a year where you can go and do something like help and up. for you
0: guys is that just another code or am I just being really dismissive so
1: WFM or workforce management in terms of what we refer what to it is, is a work <laughs> management it's, that's our system that we use and um, it, it's the bible really um, you know if it goes down we're completely lost but um, so that is that contains everyone's schedules um everyone's holiday entitlement their holiday usage their pre-booked holiday um it contains what they're meant to be doing on that day so uh, when you talk about codes then yeah so you would have different codes in there like a one-to-one a meeting um, a volunteer day um and if they're sick we put a sick code in there then obviously we report off on the back of that so Um, It all just goes in. It all gets chucked in. Um, We've got some obscure codes that we (laughs) use for different things. And then um, we report off the back of it and report our shrinkage to senior management. Do you know what I mean by shrinkage?
0: Mm, Not (laughs) really.
1: (laughs) 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 So shrinkage... um, You could tell, couldn't you? Yeah, (laughs) you were looking uh... at me. So shrinkage, when I try and explain it to anyone that's kind of new into my team, pretty much anything that takes you away from doing... The, your primary role. Oh, okay. So if you're a call centre advisor. I would be the advisor, king of shrinkage yeah,
0: <laughs> Yes, you
1: would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, for a call centre advisor, anything really that you're doing that isn't servicing a customer is shrinkage. And you've got…
0: 100% I'd be top of those leads.
1: Absolutely. And you've got positive shrinkage and you've got negative shrinkage. So your positive shrinkage is your, your coaching and your one-to-ones and your planned holiday mm-hmm. um, and your lunch break. Very, you know uh, but your negative shrinkage would be um, sickness um, unplanned leave AWOL, wall mm. um, unplanned meetings mm. so um, sitting in rap for too long you know um, so that's yeah. that's your unplanned shrinkage your unplanned shrinkage um, and uh, one thing we always do in resource planning often is underestimate our shrinkage mm. we so senior management will give you will sign off a budget for shrinkage and it's never enough it isn't it is, it's never enough and we never um i've never worked anywhere where you hit what your budget shrinkage is um because you um pe- operations want extra training and then they'll author- authorize additional holiday and uh, then you've got your sickness that comes in on top of that and um Generally, shrinkage is about forty five to fifty percent, so if you think you need a hundred people, you actually need hundred and fifty mm. um to to cover to cover I
0: should know that because I do remember from running uh, the outbound team mm. that um i don't think it was you, but it was someone who maybe I worked with in resource planning would talk to me about that, and yeah. I guess that's that whole stakeholder. Management because honestly, and this is this is remiss of me to say, it just didn't resonate with yeah. me because I was a bit of a liability in just saying, Right, I want to take my team off. Yeah, and then I'd get a phone call saying, What's happening?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's what my team do, they're the what's happening people, they're the get out of rap <laughs> yeah.
0: people.
1: Um, so, um, but
0: in that instance, if somebody had maybe, and I'm actually, it was all down to me, but what I'm saying is, where if it had been you, for example, it would have been. Here's why it's important. Yeah. Because I've got my, I had my targets and why we were doing it, and it was all with good intent. And someone else is then saying, Yeah, y- we're really worried about your shrinkage. And I'm like, So? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So again, it's this is what you have to deal with, right? It's, it's using the numbers to tell a story. You know, nice. it's, okay. so for for me to go to one of our our call center director or whatever and say, you know, your shrinkage at 50 percent, that doesn't actually mean anything to her. Mm. To him, you know, it doesn't mean anything. Um, what what you actually want to say is, you know, last week we were unable to service three thousand customers. Okay, yeah. three thousand customers hung up before they yeah. got through to us. Whatever that might be, I'm making numbers up. Um, you know, your your unplanned shrinkage was this. That means actually you had this many hours of unplanned mm. meetings. If you hadn't have done that, you would have serviced. 1,500 of those 3,000 customers and therefore your abandonment rate would have been this. Hmm. Um, and actually, you know, when you're coming to me saying, um, you know, we're queuing off the board, how can I, how can I sort my abandonment rate and my service level out? That's, those, are what, those are the things you can do. Hmm. Um, so, you know, just break it down into, um, I guess, things that people actually care about and understand. Um, there's no point in showing people graphs on a page or whatever. You need to translate it into real life actually, if you do this, there are going to be 200 calls in the queue or you are going to abandon this many calls. Um, So that's the bit that I think I probably do quite well, is the translation of, um, you know, I've got all these people behind me with the heads in the spreadsheets creating plans um, and then this is what that actually means for you. Mm. And um, if you you don't stick to it, that's fine, that's your prerogative, Um, you're the ops manager, um, but this is going to be the result so um, I, I, I sell my team I guess very much as a support function um, we're not here to tell you what to do we're here to make recommendations and support you in, in hitting your KPIs um, and ultimately if you choose not to take those recommendations that's fine but you, you'll bet your bottom dollar that I've documented them and sent them to you so, so yeah. I could say I told you so yeah. <laughs> um, so um, it, it is, there's, there's that side of it and um so yeah, shrink, shrinkage is a big part of it, and then um, adherence, schedule adherence as well. So
0: should we do some questions? Go on. So um, I want to say thanks to David Doherty, who is the customer service manager from Not on the High Street, who's always been engaged with this podcast. Actually, there's a lot of people at Not on the High Street. They um, they've always sending messages and
1: love like that website.
0: Yeah. yeah, love your website, and thanks very much for <laughs> thanks very much for engaging. So let's go for some of his questions. So we'd like to hear the opinion. On the people impact of um, workforce management, resource planning, especially in big organisations where the planner might not get instant feedback.
1: we talked quite a lot about that already, haven't we? <laughs>
0: How do people give you feedback? Pe- have you got methodology for people giving you feedback? or what's... Uh,
1: No, there's no, um, there's no set uh, feedback loop, I guess. Um, we, we, we do most of our communication with the managers. So um, managers would come to us and say there was a problem or, um, or ask for something if they're not getting what they need. Um, but actually, I think it's really important that we kind of do that skip level and, and, and go straight to the advisors. Um, we used to do something actually at Finium, which, uh, which was really useful. Um, and we'd go and sit in the call centre once a week with a, a big pile-on that said resource planning on it, so I everyone remember. knew who we were. Do you remember? Yeah. <laughs> and and then... I thought and, it was a
0: target yeah. at
1: first. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, don't throw things at me. And then that was everyone's time to, you know, five minutes each to come over and ask questions about their holiday, their skills, their sh- their mm, schedule, that whatever that might be. Um, I guess in the organisation I'm in mean, at the moment, it's probably a bit more difficult to do that where you've got that sheer amount of FTE. Mm. How mm. how do you... how do you, um, how, how do you give everyone an opportunity to do that um, but I it's definitely something worth thinking about getting up and running again actually because that people used to find that useful um, hearing it from the horse's mouth as well
0: it's the same as because we without getting like a, turning into a hippie about this but uh, we get into a lot of the time these disparate groups that are all working together yeah. um, but it becomes a little bit them and us people very quickly forget that they all pretty much of them came from the same place yeah. They were all advisors yeah. and they've gone. We see it in quality sometimes and the simple act of what you guys did sitting in a month. Yeah. Because I think I can remember some of our guys going, What what are they doing? Well I don't know, go and ask them. Yeah. And then just having a chat and going, Oh yeah, this person's great and blah, 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 answered yeah. these questions and um yeah, it was really good. Loved it.
1: I think um what's really important for me as well, you know, talking sort of the people impact is like I always say to my team, like, never turn anyone away, um, and that's quite difficult because when you've got two thousand advisors who have probably all got some sort of query about their holiday or their schedule or their telephony skills mm. or whatever that might be or their lunch break, um, you, you have to, I guess, stem the onslaught somewhere. You can't have you know that constant yeah. phone calls, emails in. Um, so we do tend to try and say, sort of, filter via your manager, but. You know, it, ultimately, if someone comes in from the call centre on their lunch and they stand at my desk and they want to chat about their lunch or their lunch break or their holiday, I, w- I would never turn anyone away because I know how important those things are. Mm. Um, and I know really encourage my team to do the same. Mm. Um, actually, you know, the, the, they, they have thought this is important enough to take time out of their day to come and ask you about it. So give them, give them the time and, 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 try and, and try and help them and answer their query. Mm. Um, so it's definitely not an easy one and I think you'll always have some people who will make sure their opinion's heard Um, you know I I could list 10 advisors off the top of my head who I know their opinions because they're all over social um, all over Yammer and whatever it might be you know giving them but um, it's it's probably the ones that don't say a lot actually that you want to tap into and understand whether they're happy or um, we do pulse surveys and things like that within the business as well so um, and things about resource planning will come up on there. Of course
0: they will, yeah. Yeah, always. <laughs> but again, I think if you've kind of talked a lot throughout this about the kind of accepting that and just yeah. saying, okay,
1: let's talk. Yeah, you know. yeah, no, definitely. And um, I'm always, Is that's the best way to resolve anything. Um, you know, I hate email ping pong. I think let's, let's get on course, talk about it. Mm. you know um, let's talk about it let's listen to my side I'm going to listen to your side and we'll meet in the middle Mm. and that tends to work 90% of the time
0: great so I think we've already um, answered this one but to make sure we cover them all um, David also asks so lunch after a three hour shift is annoying but how much do you wind up an agent who is already doing a stressful job and when is their reaction a red flag
1: so I think there's a couple of things there you know one, I absolutely appreciate that lunch after a three-hour shift is annoying. So if we don't have to do it, let's not do it. You know, um, and like I said, we can set thresholds in the system to stop that happening. Um, but then if you do have to do it, think about making sure that the message lands with the advisor as to why we're asking them to do it. Um, and that's been one of my biggest frustrations over the years: is we we identify problem. we identify a potential solution? There might might not be everyone's first choice, right? Mm. So you you go through the manager and you'll say, um, I I need to move Martin's lunch. Um, And the reason being is um, we've had a mailing going out. They're all going to land at midday. And we've just just re-forecasted. It's looking really, really short. I need as many bums on seats back by midday as I can. So can, can you ask him to go to lunch at 11 and be back by 12, right? And then the manager will go, Martin, resource taking a you movie lunch.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that absolutely and, happened.
1: And yeah. and then he's like, no. And like, he said no. You know. Yeah. And so, but you're not given the context. Mm. And you know, looking after sort of two thousand advisors across the call center, I wish I could have those individual conversations with all of them. A lot of the time, you could, you, you just can't. So you are, that.
0: That's emotional intelligence yeah. of the team leader, and that's where I think there's a big gap in the in the industry because that is. Somebody doing, passing on that message yeah. and also then utilising their relationship yeah. to help it land yeah. instead of just going, yeah, they said, yeah, they said just they change said it. They
1: said this. And, um, Sorry, mate,
0: nothing to do with me.
1: I had a really good conversation this week actually with um, one of the team leads who, um, he, he called my team and he, unfortunately for him he got me because everyone else was busy on the phone, right? Um, and he said, can I, can I change my advisor's lunch? They want to go a bit later. And I guess I was probably throwing my toys out the pram a little bit because it was probably the 20th call I'd had that day about someone wanting to move their lunch. Um, so I, I looked at the shift and I said, what, What's wrong with the lunch? What is wrong with it? It was smack bang in the middle of the shift. And they said, um, I, I don't know, they just want to go a little bit later. And I said, okay, I, said I said, And why, why do you think we've scheduled the lunch there? Um, probably because of custom, customer demand and it, it fits best. I said, Yeah. So have you told him that? No. I said so what have you told him you, uh, I, I said I'd ask the question I said okay so what, I'm, gonna, I'm now going to say no you can't move the lunch and you're going to go back to him and say resource said no Yeah. Um, I said but actually we've just had a really good conversation there about why I'm not going to move the lunch um, and why the lunch was scheduled like that in the first place and really you've wasted your time my time his time if, if you just helped him understand why
0: mm. why it is how it is mm.
1: and he really got it actually and we got on really well we had a laugh but um, it's, he was like, Do you know what, I'll, I'll go back and I'll say no, you can't move your lunch. But those, it, are
0: the, those are the challenging kind yeah. of conversations that people need to have because yeah. he will be better as a result. Yeah. He will be a better manager because when I was managing team leaders, it was like, look, you're not just a megaphone. No. You don't just say, what's your gripe? Okay, I'm just going to amplify it yeah. now. you just like, <laughs> That's
1: a pretty good one. I yeah, like
0: <laughs> You can use that. Um, Thank you. It's more about this like kind of, well, you've got a brain, you under, you're you there because you understand the business a bit better, maybe you could challenge or maybe mm. you could understand more, yeah. you know, and those, but again, I think it's this, um, people do it really, really well, but I still think there's a huge gap when it comes to helping people have those conversations. Yeah. If, you, if it doesn't come naturally to you, it's come naturally to you, um, but how do you help people do that? Because they're still thinking, oh, I just want to be popular or yeah. more often than not, I just want to get to a quicker decision. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The, the, I just want the um, the path of least resistance. Yeah. Which for him would have been he wants to move his lunch. Faye can move his lunch. Your lunch has been moved. Have a mm. lovely lunch. <laughs> you know mm. that that would have been the path, path of least resistance. But then probably the next day he would have asked to move his lunch again and again and again. And then you know at, at what point does it become yeah. too much? Um, Probably digress from the question, but no, I think uh, so, it. yeah. Um, it's, uh,
0: did I say as well that David actually he his journey was from on the phones, then resource planning, okay, and now customer service manager. So I think you know it's a nice. These um, come from a good place. Yeah. So here we go. Is another one um, with twenty agents to plan in. I would hear their gripes as soon as the schedule was published, but then the team was small enough that I got to learn their preferences and bomb through. I'm fascinated by how a planning a larger planning team manages that situation for the greater good, in a in a bigger setup. And I guess that kind of I can actually remember that comes back to something I said to you about to the numbers that yeah. scare you. And it reminded me as we've been talking, I went to um, a, a job interview a long time ago, and it was I think I'd managed 300 people yeah. say, at that point, and they needed. Uh, I didn't get the job, and it, I think it was because of this answer, but they said, so how would you manage, we've got 500 people, you've only ever managed 300. <laughs> um, I, I just could, I said, <laughs> I imagine it's the same, the principles are the same. Yeah. So, you know, the good methodology that works for 300 is going to work for 500, and that...
1: I think that's a good answer, Martin, to be honest. Yeah, it, why sort of high, didn't I get the yeah, job? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I guess so. Absolutely, planning with twenty agents would be much easier because. But then it probably gives you some difficulty as well because every single one of those twenty people is going to have an opinion, um, and you can hear that opinion. And and, you know, you might never get your schedules released because they're just constantly groping.
0: And you're you're the you're the guard of precedent, right? Yeah. Because if there was twenty you might get a real good connection with someone yeah. and go, oh yeah, go
1: on. Go on then. And then
0: that's it, the yeah. dominoes all fall, yeah. don't they?
1: Yeah, Um And that's a really good, yes, setting precedence. That's probably pretty good one to talk about. I think we've talked quite a lot already, but it is, you know, I I, I, <laughs> I, I, use, I use that one quite a lot. <laughs> mm. um, you know, it, it, let's not set a precedent for that. Let's mm. not set a precedent for that because, um, you know, I'll, can I can I finish a little bit earlier on my Friday shift? Well, actually, this week you can, but, need, but maybe next week you wouldn't be able to. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's really difficult to get that balance. And, and again, that's where you're relying on the manager to have the right conversation to say, actually, this week that is okay, but don't come and ask me for it again next week. Hmm. And don't tell your friend about it and get them yeah. to ask me about it, you know? Um, because actually, as a one-off, we can do it, but it's, it's a one-off. So what we do there um, to make sure we do hear the gripes is um, we have really, I guess, um, a point of contact in every um, operational area, um, and we're across four sites, so um, we will generate the schedules and we uh, extract out all of the information, as much of the information as we can, into a spreadsheet with the actual schedules, um, the, the coverage in terms of what that what that looks like versus your requirement. So, is it going to deliver your service level or not? Um, we pull out um, the holiday, what holiday percentage you're at, um, and we send it out in a nice user friendly format to our operational contact, and that's one person um, who is is the mouth of the operation, yeah. is, is that liaison yeah. between resource and um, the and ops, and generally it'll be one of the customer service managers, uh, but but they will review it, they they know the people, uh, and they will look at it and they'll say, yeah, that looks fine, or actually. You know that person did a late shift the same day last week. Given the coverage looks okay, I'd probably rather just 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 run a little bit short there, and, and, mm-hmm. and can you move that to a slightly earlier shift? And then we'll meet somewhere in the middle. So we always get the rotors ready two or three days before we actually need to release them, so that we've got that time to have that back and forth. Um, but it's generally just one one contact that really gets it, um, and they can they can do the back and forth, other than having two thousand mouths. Mm. screamably murder about about the schedule so um that that's that that works for us Mm. to mostly
0: (laughs) um okay i personally see wfm as working best when the planner is actively influencing the channel mix using triggers to drive chat one hour and minimizing it the next and heading off spikes from business activity with a well-placed faq article for example um is that would you agree with that i guess that's more of a statement i
1: mean then. i absolutely agree with it are we doing it no um would i like to be able to do it yes um I, again it's probably one of the things I talked about earlier around different contact channels not not fitting together mm. um and I, i'm yet to hear or see an organisation that is doing that really well um where you know where you've got your pl- planners that have got one central system that is pushing and pulling, you know, resource and um, and if there is anyone out there that's doing that, shout me because I'd love to come and see you. Well, you, um,
0: one of the things I was going to say actually, I really like the fact, and this has always been the case.
1: Um,
0: now on LinkedIn, I see you all the time asking questions, yeah. being open, <laughs> um, uh, and I think that is a real um, true. That's that's real. That is real leadership because you're saying. I don't know everything, but I want to know, yeah. and I want to be open. And that whole, you know, collaborative um, approach—it's on LinkedIn. But you, I know you do it with other people more, not outside of LinkedIn. And it's this kind of something like this, because I, as as David's written this, I can see you resource planning will be perfectly placed to be the ones that get what are often disparate. Yes. Oh, let's have a social media team. Let's have this yeah. team. Let's have this channel. Let's do some more self-serve. Let's do yeah. FAQs. And you guys can be the ones in the middle that are kind of pulling that all yeah. to, together. Yeah. And I think... Oh, sorry, I merged like two... Qu-
1: it, it, no. We're
0: recording this very late, so <laughs> we've both had long days and now we're recording. So I'm, I'm rambling a bit. Um, sorry, go on.
1: No, it's fine. Um, no, you, you're totally right. And I think um, I actually had this conversation with someone yesterday about like a, cent- like a central resource planning function is so important because um, especially when you have got all these different lines of business and people have got their own objectives quite rightly and their own kpis they are they're they are only thinking about themselves and and their own area and actually when you're in an environment um where we are at the moment where you're trying to do more with less and you're pushing and pulling resource and that's a daily thing you've got to have that i guess that overarching infrastructure that says no you're not doing that we're going to do this this is the most this is the priority today we're going to do that um i need to pull some resource from here and push it there um and i think if you didn't if you didn't have that central resource function then everyone would just be saying mine 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 yeah. um and probably not a lot would get done so yeah. um i you know i am a huge advocate for resource planning and what they can do and i think that that's absolutely um a huge part of it. I'd, I'd love to be doing more of that. I guess the honest answer is yeah, great. not at the moment. Um, but it we fits well, yeah.
0: And I think we've that's I think we've done all of them. David, thanks very much. And then for anyone else that ever wants to ask questions, feel free to yeah to get them in. Um, and on that, I guess that um, leads into people. You are open about wanting to talk to people. Learning from others, sharing your um, knowledge—that's okay. Absolutely. LinkedIn and
1: LinkedIn, yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm always on LinkedIn. Faye Herring, find me, look <laughs> <Let> me up. <laughs> and uh, yeah, absolutely, I'm more than happy to connect and.
0: And one of the things I think all. would be great to um, wrap up with is uh, seeing you, kind of, you know, ten, 10 years ago, and thinking. Um, oh yeah, Faye, Faye's going to do really well because you were um, you were you were out there, but in a really nice way. Just kind of saying, I, w- I want to do more. What can I do? Very approachable, very open, um, very driven. I think it's great to hear as well, though. You're talking about still both at that time and now, still feeling the fear, but doing it anyway. Yeah, yeah. For people. There's been a lot of contact as a result of this podcast, uh, which has been great. From um, maybe people who are in their first management position or thinking of going into their first management position, and some and the words that some people have messaged have been around words well, like overwhelmed. It not necessarily it makes it sound negative. It's not necessarily negative. It's mm-hmm. like they want to do well. They love the industry. Just thinking about your journey and some of the things you've said today what would you what message would you sort of pass on to people
1: I I would say just 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 do it get your name out there get your face out there in the right way (laughs) but (laughs) but, um you know I've burnt
0: the building down (laughs) Uh,
1: you know offer offer to do more you want to um I think the the biggest thing for me is um you know I was I was always um and it wasn't that I, I did everything that was after asked of me absolutely not but um, I was always wanted to uh, come across as uh, I was. I was willing and I was driven mm. and um, asking the right questions. And you know, when, when you go to, uh, you know, when you when you're in, when you're in front of your senior managers and things, put your hand up, ask a question, think mm. of a question, always have a question, right? Because mm. you, you want people to remember you and know who you are. Um, so that, that's really important. And um, I think yeah, just go for it and don't be afraid to ask for help um you know for, for me now ev- every day every day i'll go to my boss and um sound something out with him or um hr whatever that might be um and you know I, i'm this calm swan on the water but really uh, i'm really hard underneath yeah. this, um because you've, you've got to um ask for help and i think i guess it's it, when you're a new manager, there is so much to learn. And I've seen it so much in call centres where you're, you're a good advisor or you're a good analyst, so well, now you're a manager. Like, wave of magic wand, you're a manager. And, and, and no, no, there is no, um, there's no magic um, formula, is there, to be no. a manager. Mm. And that, 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 that's been the most difficult part for me is that learning... Um, how to how to manage people, how to nurture people, how to encourage people, um, how to motivate them to do a good job, and um, so. But never no, 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 be afraid to ask for help because there is there is no winning formula, and I'm definitely not there yet. But we'll, we'll get there.
0: That's lovely. That's brilliant. And I, you know what? I love the concept of just asking for for help because yeah. even if you think it doesn't exist in your own company, ask ask yeah. other people. Yeah. Because you've. You've benefited. I've benefited from um, people. Is, when, even not mentors, officially mentors, but people that you'll go. Here's what I'm. Here's what I'm going through. Yeah. Can you help? Because people, nine times out of ten, are going to say yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you no, the benefit definitely.
1: of my. And LinkedIn's brilliant. And if you've got, um, if, if any of you are resource planners and you're listening, one of the things I've come across in the last few months, which has been absolutely invaluable, is. Um, I uh, don't know if any of you are connected to Doug Casterton. Yeah. Give Doug a shout out. Um, but he's got this um, tele- Telegram telegram group, um, which has got like 350 resource planners in there. That's brilliant. Oh, it's amazing. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll go in there and no matter what time of day or night, I'm like, oh, can anyone help me with this? Anyone, you know. And you get all these responses from people all over the world, in India and Manila mm. and US, and it's great. Um, and that's been, you know, we I'm, I'm sure that, My managers over the years have spent a lot of money on sending me off on training courses and stuff. And I've learned so much just from this free, like, you know, um, group message that's available. So there's so much out there, especially now.
0: Brilliant. Faye Herring, thank you very much.
1: Martin Tuesday, it's been a pleasure. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Bye.